Well, God bless you on today. We're so grateful to be here for another um, clergy conversation. And I'm so glad today to have with me uh, somebody who means so much to me. I'm happy to have um, my friend, my brother, my big bro, uh, the great pastor of the Leslie Court Baptist Church in Funky Town, as we call it in Fort Worth, <laughs> yeah. in Fort Worth, Texas. But I'm so grateful to have, uh, so grateful to have him on today. So would you help me welcome my friend and my big brother, Pastor Stefan Berry. So big bro, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And so, let me just open, let me absolutely let me just open this up just by you know just asking you just tell us about your um tell us about your background tell us about you know where you come from and things like that well i was born in poly stop six eastwood area in fort worth and went to all the dunbar schools Dunbar 6, Dunbar 7, Dunbar 8, Dunbar 9, Dunbar 10. I went to all, all the schools in Fort Worth, Dunbar. Grew up in a little church called Greater Mount Zion Baptist Church. Pastor McGee was the pastor. All my, my life I've known him from birth until he passed away in 2001, I believe. But um, I grew up in the Greater Mount Zion Baptist Church, superintendent of Sunday school at 13, 14. Wow. Heard the Lord's call about 15, 16. But I ignored the call. <laughs> Even though I heard all the girls at school say, hey, Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> I was in church, but I, <laughs> but they didn't know. I was like, how y'all know that? So just grew up around church all my life. Uh, finally accepted the call to preach. And the rest is history. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you, so tell me yeah. about how, you were a superintendent of Sunday school. Oh yeah. So talk to me about that experience. Well, I, I enjoyed Sunday school as a youngster. And then I was asked, well, why don't you take over Sunday school? I said, take over. So I became the lead person of Sunday school. And Sunday school began to grow. We had breakfast, Sunday school, and uh, kept reaching out to individuals and Sunday school grew. And as Sunday school grew, I grew. And as I grew, I got away from church. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yes, sir. So, and so mm -hmm. when you talk about you went to Greater Mount Zion, talk to us about. Um, Growing up in Fort Worth, talk to us about just some of those uh, legendary preachers, some of those pioneers who you really admired and who were um, really prominent in the city at the time when you were growing up. 
Wow, 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 wow. Well, you had, uh, of course, my grandfather, Reverend McGee. I told he was a small church but big time preacher. <laughs> yes, sir. Pastor McKinley Jackson, uh, Pastor Bernard Tate. Uh, I kind of forget the name of the pastor that was at Ebenezer at the time, but he was a big time uh, preacher. Uh, pastor uh, Dial. I mean, it was just a plethora of preachers, man. You could just name. Pastor Bernard Tate, just name a few. Pastor Rogers on the South Side. Uh, Pastor Glenn, just name them on and on. Any of those guys you could just put on and listen. Pastor Harris, the father has Cecil Harris, was a giant of a preacher. And just being young, sitting back on the pew playing. And just casually listening to service and church and the, right. the style of preaching and all of that, you didn't know you didn't actually know that it was getting inside of you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing on the pews, you know, right? Playing and running underneath the pews, going to getting water, getting popped, <laughs> you know. But something was happening that I believe the Lord was setting setting me up for the future. Yes, sir. So ending those settings like that. Mm. Yes, sir. So when did you first feel the call to preaching? Man, I, I believe it was a, at a very young age. Like I said, about 14, 15. I'm 43 now. So um, right around in high school, and I felt the, what they call a tugging. Yes, sir. But I felt felt a little embarrassed because <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be young and be a preacher. And you know, the girls at that time they didn't like that. They don't walking <laughs> 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 nice around a preacher man, you know. So I kind of shunned it and tried to hide from it. But it seems like as the far further I tried to get, the louder the call began. Yes, sir. And so I, I finally accepted my call around about maybe 19 or 20. Yes, sir. So what was your first sermon? <laughs> <laughs> Made me go on back now. <laughs> I talked about prayer, man. Actually, okay. Uh, it was it talked about closet prayer, intercessory prayer, and corporate prayer. Yes, sir. And we oh, got wow. <laughs> we have to pray if we want to be connected to God. Hmm. And so that was. Uh, that's the approach that I took my first sermon was pray about it. <laughs> Closet prayer, 
intercessory prayer and corporate prayer. Those are my three points that I had. So you was already doing three points from your first sermon. First sermon. <laughs> <laughs> from the first sermon. So when you are, so you, you say you were 19, 20 when you started. So what did you, were you preaching a lot? Um, did you have many opportunities? You know, how did you grow in your estimation? How did you grow as a preacher from starting? Well, I, I think it from listening and hearing preacher and studying and or having the opportunity to preach, you know, my grandfather would let me preach. Uh, he would also allow me to go out and preach a little bit. But most of the time I just sat there and listened. <laughs> right. That's That was the word, sit down right here and just listen. Right. Oh, so, many Sundays, I had to burn fire to preach, but I, he wouldn't let me preach. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I was ready to go, but I had to sit there and watch and learn and listen. Yes, sir. And he told me, he that listens does well. Hmm. And so no matter how bad uh, that I wanted to preach and could preach and, and flip some tables and pews over and all that stuff, I had to sit down and just listen. Yes, sir. Listen to some listen to some preaching. So what were some of those lessons when you talk about you had to sit down and uh listen? What were some of the lessons um that you uh that you learned from that um experience that really helped you grow that really helped you uh mature what were some of those lessons that you learned man you just learned the office of the preacher man right when to talk when not to talk how to walk <laughs> how to conduct yourself behind the pulpit Right. It wasn't yeah. a, in, in my time growing up, it wasn't a bunch of playing. It wasn't a lot of laughing and playing and carrying on in the pulpit. It was serious business. Right. So, and, when you, <laughs> and when you say that, I think that's very important because I know, like, you know, from the time our conversations that we've had, you know, <clears throat> our conversations that we have even to this day, um, yeah. I think that's important. Because I think you said something that's very key, that's very true, is that you said wasn't a whole lot of playing, wasn't a lot of talking, wasn't a lot of this. So then let me ask this question. And I know this may be a little early, but since we're here, we as well just stay here. How do you feel right now when you look at preaching now or when you look at the conduct of preaching now compared to when you were growing up? What What are things that, in the sense that you as a pastor, as a seasoned pastor, see where it's like, what what advice would you give us young preachers and us young pastors? Well, what, well the, the, to be honest with you, this is my eighth year in uh -huh. the pastoral ministry. 
As a matter of fact, I just celebrated last Sunday eight years. You sure did. So my uh, one of one of the things that I would say is is to have a functioning, a lively prayer life. Yes, sir. Make sure your prayer life is up. Uh, make sure that you're living up to what you're praying about. <laughs> yes, sir. Or uh, if you have somebody that's over you, listen to them. Look, look towards them for all your guidance and 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 for your success. You know, because. You'll never be greater than your teacher, in a sense. Mm. But to study them and look at them, because some kind of way God plays a role in developing you through that, you know, that Elijah and Elijah relationship, that Paul and Timothy uh, relationship. So that'd be my advice: is to pray, God, have a strong prayer life. There's going to be times where you don't feel like praying and you want your prayers that you've already prayed to uplift you <laughs> and to keep you down. And so, as you say, this is your eighth year of pastoring. And I think I think that's also something important that we can hit on because there will be those who, there are those who necessarily have been preaching since they were like 20, since they were like 15, and, you know, they may be 10 years in, 15 years in, and, they, and they're ready. They say, you know, I want a pastor. They see others who are getting called to churches and, they're, and they are still serving in an associate role and that frustration is amounting and, it, and it's like it's bothering them. So what advice would you give to those guys um, in, that, in that regard? Stay faithful. Keep working, keep praying, keep studying, uh, because ultimately it'll be God that does the choosing and the calling and the placement. So if you're getting frustrated, who are you getting frustrated with? <laughs> mm. Getting frustrated with the Lord because it's, uh, it's up to him. Where you, where he placed you, and where he put you, and so I would advise uh, young preachers to just be faithful. Doc, it, there have been times where I, like I told you, I was ready. Doc, I had sermons, and, and my pastor would say, "Sit down." I didn't pray that morning. I didn't read a scripture that morning. I just showed up to church and sat there, and I've done that. Many, 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 many Sundays until the Lord called me. Yes, sir. So I would say remain faithful. Don't give up on God. He won't give up on you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in the meantime, between your first sermon and then before you got called to Leslie Court, how what tools were you using personally to grow um to grow yourself you know what what who were you listening to to grow yourself what preachers were you listening to were you going to conferences what things were you doing in order to grow yourself as a preacher during those during that time of uh, waiting and, and being faithful 
Read, 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 read. <laughs> read the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> read it all. Dog. Read and listen to preachers. Read and study. Uh, at the time, I wasn't able to get into school yet. Uh, I can't say I am in there now, but uh, just read. I, I, my, my, my first professor told me, that if you're not in schools, at least study and read like y'all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> at least open up a book and read. I, you know, so I was reading everything, listening to everything, seeing in. I was reading and listening, listening to preachers like you know Ralph West, and, uh, just a plethora of guys, man. You know. Uh, just trying to stay sharp. Just trying to stay sharp on the sharp edge. And you know, I was I was never looking to be what we call a national preacher mm -hmm. or a professional preacher. I just wanted to get in my corner and 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 do well for the Lord. And so with that comes opportunities to preach and you want to always be sharp and be ready <laughs> you never know dog. that phone will ring and you got to go somewhere and preach you got to <laughs> preach <bro. laughs> <laughs> they didn't call you to come cry and say they call you to come preach wherever you got to be ready <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! That yeah. now you're right about that, but you but you said something else. You said read, 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 and yes, so and, and as we look at this, um, because you're right, you said you're in school now because there are preachers who necessarily can't go to school. They yeah. want to go, but they yeah. can't because you know economics are crazy. Uh, tuition, oh, yeah. you know, tuition is high. Even though we want to go to school, sometimes like we can't go to school. So, and when you talk about reading, uh, what books were you really reading? Like, what what authors were you reading, and how did you necessarily build your library? Let me tell you this: in the beginning, the only book I had was the Bible. Yes, sir. I saw my papa just hunched over from reading the word. You can never get enough of that. Just reading, finding yourself familiar with scripture. It's almost like Terry Anderson when he quoting the Psalms. That's because he's been spending a lot of time just casually reading. And if you want to get good at something, just do that. Just read that. I'm a bass player, you know. And before I started preaching, <clears throat> preacher used to tell me, you're going to play bass or you're going to preach. <laughs> and Doc, I was all over the country, man, playing with a natural recording artist, playing. And it just hit me. I have to preach. And so I would just read the Bible casually, find myself familiar with scripture, and build off that. 
And then you go on into some of your commentaries and other things like that, but the Bible. And so I know some guys will put the Bible over on the shelf <laughs> and they'll get off into commentaries and all of this other stuff. No, read the Bible. That's what you're supposed to do. Read the Bible. And so that's what I've done. That's what I do. That's kind of what I stick with. And I I, I do read uh, different commentaries and different authors and things like that. But I try to stick with the Bible as best as I can. Yes, sir. And and then as you talk about Big Bro, you <laughs> said um, you were a bass player and oh. that you traveling all across the country to play bass and so when you're traveling across the country because here again there are those who who may be a musician and preacher and for some that's been a blessing and for some it hasn't been a blessing for some um because they spent so much time musically that they really weren't able to develop develop their preaching and it's kind of hurt them because it's they want to preach or they want to grow as a preacher, but they're only they're they're really basically known as a musician. So how how as a musician like you are and a singer because you are a singer, and we know uh, yeah. because they know you know you're a singer. But I as guess a, so if you say so, no 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 we know. But <laughs> as a musician and a preacher, yeah. How do you how how do you balance that? I had to make a choice. Which one did I want to be first? I wanted to play music or did I want to preach? And so out of that, because playing music, I was getting in trouble. I was traveling all across the country, in and out of hotels, in and out of coliseums. I was living the life as a musician. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> yes, sir. I was traveling and playing and doing all of those kind of stuff. And, uh, but uh, a preacher said, Do you want to preach or are you going to play music? What you going to do? You have to do one. So I took my preaching serious. I haven't laid my bass guitar down because I still play. When people call me, I still do studio sessions. But I made preaching a priority. And <clears throat> then for some reason, God put it in my heart to pastor one day. Uh, I, I didn't get put that in myself. I didn't ask for that. You know, just something that God gave me. And I had no idea that this would be going on in my life right now from the time I made the decision to play uh, or to preach and then play music. I, I didn't know God had all of this for me, <laughs> you know, fast people. And I think because as we talk about the, 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 those two wheels, do I play, do I preach? And for some as well, you know, for some, they, they have that, they, they have that, they have that extra check coming in. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, that extra, yeah, that extra income coming in. So, and sometimes it's not just necessarily just the play; it's also the pay as well. So, as a 
So as a uh, musician who basically kind of said, I'm going to preach, you know, because as an associate, you're, you know, it's no guarantee you're, gonna, you're not going to preach every week. Sometimes <laughs> you may not preach months, but right. you're a musician and you are on staff as a musician. There's a weekly, there's a weekly check coming. But when you just say you, you sacrifice that to preach that, you know, some, some may have, may be between, between that rock and hard place. They want to preach and they're, they, they want opportunities, but, they also are playing and by playing it helps them get some more income so how so as a musician and as a preacher from your experience and there may be somebody watching who's in this boat what advice would you give as it relates to that faith because i literally had to step out on faith and believe and trust god this is what you want me to do you want me to preach okay i'm gonna lay this guitar to the side i'm gonna preach <laughs> i play music here and there but preaching is my thing now if i'm gonna be known for something it's gonna be known for preaching and so i had to literally make a decision to put my bass on the back burner and preach you know by faith I don't even know, man. I wasn't even worried about money. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about preaching. I was thinking about being successful at it. You know what I'm saying? I was, that's, that's all I was thinking about. And so it, it had to be a step of faith, you know, for me to leave uh, income and money to preach, you know. And you're right. Sometimes I get preach for months. And sometimes you find yourself preaching in the car, in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Your neighbors can hear you die, you know. In, in the kitchen, in the grass. Yeah, you I'm talking grass. about pulling it, boy. You hear me? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, and I think, and I think that's something else that's important. Yeah. What you do when you're not preaching. Because you know, I've been through it. You've been through. It. I know others have been through. It. What do you do? What you? What do you do when you're not preaching? When you're not getting called? Even as an associate, um, you know, we've all have had those opportunities to have have a have a decent calendar. But what do you do when your calendar's not there? What do you do when people aren't calling you to preach? You know, how do and how do you continue to grow? And I think you know. Just now, this is just me, and then I want you to chime in. But from my experience, it was the fact that it was frustrating, it was depressing, it was hard because it's like I want it so bad and I love it so much, and all I want is just an opportunity, you know. But it also taught me how to study, it taught me how to observe, it taught me, you know, how to really live. Yeah. As well, because and we'll get further into this, but I think as well, it teaches us when we're not preaching, the Lord uses these circumstances to really increase us as a preacher. So it for me, it taught me those things. But for you and what what it, and what encouragement could you would you give somebody else who's at that crossroads to where it's like they want to preach they 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 they're, they're craving to preach but their name isn't getting called and they and they just are basically kind of just throwing their arms up what advice would you give them 
keep praying and studying that. Uh, if you stand in the line long enough, your name will be called. Mm. And so, my mind, you got to recognize with, with God, man, you got to recognize seasons, and it may not just be your season. So, you have to recognize maybe it's my season of study, it's my season of be in prayer, maybe it's my season of you know, just do the spiritual work of a saint, just be a Christian because <laughs> I think. Uh, being being preachers and pastors, we forget that we still have a responsibility to be a Christian. Yes, sir. We worrying about studying and worrying about preaching all over. And COVID came in, Doc. It it just put a halt to all of that, you know. Right. And so <laughs> you feel the depression because you're not flying out, you're not preaching out as you as, as you would normally do. Uh, but God, you know, He has a plan in, in, in all of this. And so I would advise guys to just stay up on your reading, uh, keep keep working out your sermons in your head and in your mind and your heart, and 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 opportunities will show up. Opportunities will come. Yeah, got an opportunity last week, a couple of weeks ago, to come to go to Arkansas and preach. In a few weeks, I went looking for her, just got a call. Hey, you flying up here? I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so what a blessing, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Definitely with staying faithful and uh, staying uh, working, staying committed. And also, before we get to uh, Leslie Corden for a couple of things, yeah. talk to us about the importance of the pastor and associate minister relationship. Pastor and associate minister? Yeah. Well, I've been blessed with two uh, at Leslie Court. Um, and I am uh, so grateful for them. It, you know, it's, it's not a big I, little you kind of relationships. You know, um, I use these guys. Uh, according to their gifts and their talents, and I just make them feel part of the family. You know, um, they're teachable, meaning you can talk to them and they'll learn from you, they'll grow from you. And it's just, it's just been an all-out blessing for me because I'm learning I don't have to preach every Sunday. You know that. Back in the day, the 11 o'clock hour was for the man. <laughs> it was for the preacher. You know that. And so, but I'm learning now, pastor, I don't have, you got good associates that you trust, that you not put them up, let them preach. You know, they here to assist you. They here to help you. And that's what I'm even learning more as a senior pastor now, is to utilize the help God has sent Utilize them, that I put jump as a work. <laughs> I put them to work, And when you put them to work, so then, big bro, let me ask you this question, man. Yeah. Because I, believe, I believe somebody will be blessed by this. How does an associate gain the trust from the senior pastor in order to have those opportunities? It's time. 
time. You 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 give orders. You watch and you, you see if they take orders well. <laughs> you just right. pay attention when they don't think you're paying attention to the things that they need to pay attention. That just watching their ways, watching what they say, how they say it over the pulpit. You know, you just kind of making your own self observations. And so I'm, I'm learning to make observations of these guys, and, and they pretty good guys, man. Like I wouldn't, nobody but the Lord can send these guys to me at the time that I needed them. Because I was going into the, like my sixth year preaching. I was preaching every Sunday, two, three times a Sunday. I was knocking myself out there. All the preaching in the world. <laughs> but I needed some help. And come to find out that even some of the congregation was praying for the Lord to send some help. It wasn't just me. So, and he did. He sent some some uh, some reliable help that that helped him do the work of the ministry. So, uh, I just trust him through time and the cadence. And I think when you said time, I think that's also um, important as well. When we just look at uh, that, like I said, you know, as an associate. You know, especially after you preach those first couple of sermons, you know, you get a little, you get your juices are pumping, you get you yeah. know, your head is up in the air. But I, from my experience, and I've seen it, there's a reason why you don't always preach after your first sermon, because there's there has to be that growth, there has to be that uh, maturity, if you will. Yeah. And, and it's and there's still growth. There's still maturity for all of us. But I can honestly say, like for me, and I believe for others like yourself, I know for me personally, I'm glad I even though I wanted to. I'm glad I didn't get to preach that much after my first sermon because I really would have hurt myself because lack of really study tools and lack of really you know hermeneutics and ex exegesis and uh -huh. all you know, those didn't know, things. Didn't know, didn't know nothing about none of that. Uh, right. You know, um, matter of fact, when you was talking about the first sermon, see, I went through a bad relationship, mm. got out of that relationship, accepted my call. And in my head, I was saying, because I, I, I heard the Lord right, you're going to preach. And I said, once I preach, it's going to be all good from now. And that's not the truth. <laughs> when I started preaching, all hell broke out. <laughs> Things got worse and worse and, and so forth. They went down. And after all of these years, after my eight-year pastor, I'm just now starting to feel some and, and experience some fruit. Yes, sir. But and this, and that, go ahead, this is the thing about the fruit. Just because you see it don't mean you got to pluck it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Say that right. loud. Say it again. Say it again, fool. Just because you see some fruit, Doc, don't mean you got to pluck it from the tree. Wow. So, wow. Just a little fruit. You just tell the Lord, thank you for that. And so <clears throat> I'm thinking about that now from the time I was 18, 19 to, 
to right now. I'm just now starting to experience a little fruit. Just now. I've been married before. I was divorced. Now I've been through a lot of things. You know. I'm married again now. Praise the Lord for Sister Barry. <laughs> we're, well, we're going to get to that. Trust me. We're talking about that. We're talking about that. We're going to get to just, just something that Big Bro said to me a long time ago, but that, that's coming. But I, But you said something very interesting, but very true, that you don't have to pick the fruit and that you say you're just now experiencing some yes. of your fruit. Now, after 20 something years, I can go over and touch the fruit like this and hold it, but I ain't ready to pick it yet. And so, <clears throat> just trust in God. Even in the midst of COVID, there's fruit growing on the tree. Mm. When you see the fruit, don't get too excited. Don't go and pick it too early <laughs> because it's all in the lost time. Wow. That's, I, I needed that as well because in a sense, I think, you know, we can get a little uh, anxious. Uh, we can get a little uh, impatient. Oh, we yeah. can get a little hesitant. But as you say, you're talking about fruit, make, you know, not picking it too too quickly but for us as pastors and preachers it's sometimes hard only because you know we see somebody else enjoying fruit we see somebody else eating fruit we see somebody else having this abundance of fruit and it seems like sometimes well we're doing the same thing they're doing we're preaching as hard as they're preaching maybe even harder you know we're serving we're teaching we're doing all of these things but yet it seems like while they have a fruit surplus, we're living with a fruit shortage. Yes, sir. And that don't do nothing but make your preaching stronger. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that do. It just make your preaching and your minister stronger and your trust in God stronger, your faith in God stronger. Because we know that you you ultimately you're after something. There's something that you need or you want from God, and, and He'll take you through all of that just to get to, get you to the right season. And so that's all it is. It's just seasons. Recognize the season that you're in. Shout and praise God as if you already have it. Preach as if you already have it. You know, <clears throat> there's a time in my ministry. When my church came to me and said, well, we, we, want, we want to take your pastor's aid from you because the light bill is due. Well, they did that. They never, never gave me my pastor's aid back. The church, they never gave it back to me now. I'm just telling you. But the Lord has blessed me. <laughs> so, till I don't need it back. You get what I'm hmm. saying? So it's all in God's time and in God's season, you know. And I knew that they were thinking they were trying to hurt me a little bit, you know. But God already had a plan in that. 
You see what I'm saying? So never count God out, Doc. Focus up to something. Oh, he already know about it. He know. He will take care of you, Doc. You know, uh, you know. I don't walk around bragging and trying to show off with this Gucci and doing all this stuff. No, I'm blessed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just wait on God, that's all I can tell you. Wait well, on. Tell us about how you got to Leslie Court. Do you know? I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like you told me bits and pieces, but well, it's been a while. But tell me how, tell us how you got to live the court. My season was up at my home church I grew up in. And I went to him and I told him, I said, look, I'm finished here. I'm through here. That's, that's, that's it. It's time for me to go spread my wings. And I went to... Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, but I went to Saintsville, uh, past the pace. Right. And once I got there, he said, sit down and just worship. I don't want you doing no ministerial work. You're tired. That's all you've been doing at your old church. Just come here and worship. Well, I did that, but you know, a preacher can't sit there for long. No. <laughs> and so I got called to another church. It's preaching now over a year. Lady said to me, Well, we didn't know you wanted to pass in the church. We already called somebody else. Oh, no. I was like, Really? I've been here all this time. You never told me anything. So, one of the churches that they were fellowshipping with, one of the young ladies passed away, and her mother asked me to preach the funeral. And so I preached the funeral and walking outside to the car at the funeral, a group of people came up to me and said, we're looking for a pastor. Are you interested? I said, are you serious? I said, yeah. This is at the funeral. We haven't even made it to the car yet to go to the cemetery. They said, well, let us take care of some business and we'll get back with you. So I gave them my phone number, all my information, everything. They had just heard me preach one time in that funeral. And so about a year and a half later, on a random Tuesday, that's when the Lord showed up. I, I can't tell you what was going on in my life until I know some trouble. I know something was going on. Because out of the blue, the Lord showed up. They said, are you ready? Can you be at church on Sunday? Wow. We, finished, we finished taking care of our business, and they voted you in last night. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. And I said, huh? <laughs> the little guy said, can you come up to the hospital and sit? Because I'm laying in the hospital. I'm in the hospital. So I dropped everything I was doing and went up to the hospital. And he told me I was voted in the night before. I said, he says, can you be at church Sunday and start preaching? And that guy at the time, Reverend Harris, he stayed with me for two years, two or three years before he passed. And so when he passed, that's when the Lord said, you ready? He said, now I need you to put your hand on the wheels. 
Wow. And now it's time for you to drive this church. Because as long as that guy was still alive, they were still kind of somewhat listening to him. But when he passed away, they didn't have no choice but to listen to me. Hmm. And so I had to put my hand on the wheel and start trying to move the church forward to grow it from where it was to where it is now. And it has grown significantly since I've been there. So you so well, I got to go back to this. Yeah. You, you didn't even candidate. No, I didn't put no resume in. You didn't candidate. You didn't I put didn't preach resume. Against, I didn't have to preach against nobody. You didn't have no interview, no nothing. I didn't have no interview, no nothing. Other than the side of that, that hearse. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So it was and, a it was a God sent God God done thing. Yeah. Oh my God. But were you ever nervous? Because as you just said, you just went to a church where you're preaching a year and you and I'm just saying like you you probably feel like they're gonna call you, but then they over they overstep yeah. you and yeah. call somebody else. And it's like first of all, how did you feel about that experience? That it was it was kind of heartbreaking because you, you have so much um, I say anxiety. You want the job, but you really don't know what you're getting into if you get the job. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And I, I just take it as the Lord looking out for me, saying, "I don't want you there. I want you here." You know, and so. Um, It, it it made me feel bad while I was going through it because I'm like, here I am preaching every week. The church is growing. People are joining. People are being baptized. And then you tell me you got another guy coming in now. That's, that's, that's hard up. And that, that hurts your heart. You're not getting a full salary because you're not the pastor. But you're getting a little half, at least half of a piece of salary. You know? Now that's gone. And so when the other church called me, I was like, wow, Some, somebody was listening. <laughs> right. Somebody was listening out or looking out for me. The Lord was looking out for me. And that's how I went. I didn't ever have to preach against no one. Never had to uh, put in a physical form of a resume or any of that, sign a contract or any of that. All I, my word was my bond. That that's wow. I, I'm 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 blown, I'm blown away by that because most of us have gone through putting in a resume, being interviewed, having to preach. You preach a Sunday, somebody else preaches Sunday. You preach two Sundays, somebody else preaches two Sundays, and then of course you have anxiety when when the vote comes because you have a good feeling about it. Somebody else is having a good feeling about it, and you don't know which way the pendulum is going to swing, but to not even, to not even put in anything, but they heard you and the Lord, because the Lord had to speak to them before he even got to you. Otherwise they wouldn't have approached you right. like that. But for you I didn't to, know. right. And for you to just, <laughs> right. Know. For you and for you to recover from being hurt. Oh yeah. Because I think I don't I don't think some people realize how preachers have to preach 
when they're hurt and or and that oh, parents have feelings in recovering from a hurt. No, no. No, it's almost like a bad breakup between you and a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> when you break up with a church like that. Here I've been falling in love with the people and people falling in love with you, but then that's just this one couple of group of people that messes up everything, you know? And so I had to strap my boots up, get my bags and move on. But I think you helped us with that as well, that even in the midst of hurt, even in the midst of um, dealing that you got to move on. You can't. You can't stay there. I mean, because we, all of us, I believe, who are pastors have been hurt at one point or juncture by a pulpit committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can. I, I know I've been hurt by a pulpit committee. I know others that have had have had in the past been hurt by a pulpit committee. But for you to still preach and i think that what you just shared is a strong testimony for us that you still got to preach you know you still got to trust uh, god <laughs> tell me about it tell me about it and so i think after that year and a half man i, I up to this point where i am now i know it's nobody but the hand of god that placed me in leslie court I don't have to argue with nobody. I don't have to fuss with nobody. I am the pastor. Individuals who was there to try to stop me, they gone. I don't know. They don't even come to the church anymore. One lady talked so bad to me, Chris, in front of my mother, in front of some other church members. And I really wanted to let her have it. I was ready to. I was right on the tip of my tongue. And my mother looked at me and just the way she could do it and tell me, no, don't you do it. Don't do it. She said, always, my mother said this to me. Let the people see Jesus in you. I said, it wasn't an older pastor. It wasn't nobody. My mother told me that. Always let the people see Jesus. What would the Lord do? And that lady talked to me so bad that day. She went home and tore all her hip off. You hear me? And by that evening, I was in her in her hospital room praying for her. Wow. And that's all I did was prayed for her. And I walked out of that room. <clears throat> and so, you know, you don't argue and fight with the preacher. That's one thing I'm learning in this business. The Lord is gonna stand up for you every time. And so <clears throat> then COVID hit. Now you gotta preach uh, in unfamiliar waters. <laughs> and the Lord, the Lord hadn't failed me yet because in the midst of COVID, the church began to grow. Some guys don't have the Sunday school classes no more. 
I still love Sunday school. I have Sunday school. And Sunday school has grown. I have up to about 15 to 16 teachers now that are teaching Sunday school, that are faithful to the Sunday school class. Like I, I just, I'm talking about coming from two teachers and two people to about 15 to 16 teachers. That is miraculous to me. The money has been going up. <laughs> I haven't missed anything. Just thanking God for that, praising God for that. You know, because I know some churches, when the church went down, the finances went down, everything kind of went down. But it seems as if we went up. You know, and so membership, baptism, I was like, man, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. For some for a season, I was only at the church preaching online, and nobody was coming down to the church. Then a few people started showing up. And they were like, I just got to get to the house. Next thing you know, almost everybody showing up back to church and we're still doing like 50% online right now to this day but it's just been another shot of amazement of what God has been doing in the life of Liz Corps. we hadn't been fellowshipping and had to bring any preachers in because I got two preachers extra preachers besides me and that's just been it I've just been faithful to God in the midst of COVID and he been making sure that we stay afloat. <clears throat> yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you you've blessed me today with this with this testimony. But when you, as you said, I want I do want to just go to one quick thing. Yeah. Because we'll cover other things that we'll be through. But yeah, when yeah. you first get to Leslie Court and then you train to where Leslie Court, Court Leslie Court was to now, um, talk to us about you know those early years and talk to us about what you discovered from then to now and also just give us hints about give us advice about you know when you first get to a church well some do's and don'ts from your experience well the old preacher tell you when you get to a church just preach <laughs> that's it that just open your bible on sundays wednesdays and preach and teach um I got to a point where that's exactly what I did. I preached and teach and for a couple of years. And then, because I was praying and asking God for the vision for the church. And then I didn't hesitate. Once he gave it to him, I didn't hesitate. I immediately started putting things into place, immediately started putting things into action. And there was some opposition that comes with that because it's growth. It's called growing pain. But if the Lord told you to do it, do it. <laughs> you know, forget what folk talking about. I'm going to do what the Lord say because I'm afraid of him than you. And so putting things into place and putting the vision into place, new logos and doing things, you know, trying to uplift the church. Everything I was doing was trying to make the church better. 
And even in my eighth year now, anniversary is over with pastoral anniversary. What I'm trying to do now is I'm doing a remodeling campaign for the church. And so we're going to prepare and get ready to remodel. I'm talking about we gutting that joker out, inside and out. We're going to redo everything and just prepare for a new season, you know. We got the folk, we got the money, we got the Lord. So that's that's my approach to ministry right now, is to remodel the church, get things, you know, take time to rebuild the Lord's house. And then we're gonna start evangelizing, start getting out there and getting folk, you know. But right now we're working on the Lord's building. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, I, and I think you said something very important, big bro. You have what? to do, you have to do what the Lord told you. You better, because <laughs> 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 if you don't, you're gonna be in what the, what the old folk call a heap of trouble. <laughs> and be, and and because you know when you when you're doing that, you know, you, of course you you're gonna hit some opposition, or then you know some people gonna tell you we we want to see this, we want to see this, do this, do this. But if you do what they say, and that's not what the Lord says, right? You can get yourself in another in a in a whole as you say heap of trouble in a big mess because you uh, you're doing things because so it gets to that place where it's like. You are called by God first. And God tells us what to do. God speaks to us and gives oh, yeah. us the word. So I believe you said something very important that we always need to make sure we remember is that we have to do what the Lord tells us to do. Oh, yeah. Got to. If you don't, he, he ought to be the boss. <laughs> See, how can I say it? He'll fire you. You won't even know it. Mm. You be working hard, spinning your wheels, trying to build this, trying to do this, and he not even with you. Wow! So we, we don't want him. We don't want that. We don't want him to blow out our candlestick. Doc. We don't. Mm. Want, we don't want the Lord to to leave us. And so, uh, talk to us about your um, sermon preparation style. Your sermon yeah. preparation. <laughs> Starts on Sunday night. It don't stop until I get in the pulpit Sunday. Okay. Because just an extra few minutes or a change or, or something that you write there can, can change the whole dynamics of the sermon. You just have to be open up to the Holy Ghost. Now, are you a manuscript, <clears throat> outline, no notes? I do it all. Okay. Yeah, I, I can do manuscript. I can do it without. <laughs> it depends. So, what are what are some of your what are some of your challenges during sermon preparation? Time. Yeah. Because you got a wife, and you got a dog, and you got a kid, and you got a mama. The news come on, you get distracted, you know. So, so, just life itself, man, you know, can pull you in many directions if you're not careful. Right. And 
then you be trying to chew on Saturday Night Special. And I don't like that. <laughs> if, right. If I haven't completed the study, I will not preach it. Now. I will preach something old. <laughs> Put a twist on it. So, but I would not do a Saturday Night Special. No, sir. All right, right. And also just talk to us about the importance of <laughs> pastor and wife relationship. Well, <laughs> I knew you were going to start with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You, 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 you have to be a husband. And um, my wife, I remember her telling me, you're not going to be my husband and pastor me at the same time. Mm. At the same time, you can't hug, can't be my husband and my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and I never said nothing. I just I just gave it to the Lord. <laughs> Chris, I didn't I didn't argue with her. I just gave it to the Lord. That's all I did. I said, Lord, you have to. And every anniversary you hear us say, I love you. And I thank God for you being my husband and pastor. <laughs> she said, she said publicly. <laughs> she said publicly in front of everybody at the church. I thank God that he's my husband and my pastor. <laughs> I said the Lord must have did his work. <laughs> but I, but I think you said something very important. Yeah, you can't be a husband and a pastor at the same time. Uh, you come home sometimes. You can't be the man at the church. You, she wants you to wash clothes and clean up, and want you to take her to dinner and love on her. <laughs> want you to listen to her. She want to be your doctor, your lawyer, your teacher. <laughs> want to be everything. So you got to sit down, and what I'm learning most of all is just shut up and listen. She doesn't want you to listen. Yes, sir. That, if there ain't nothing else she wants you to do, she wants you to just listen to her. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying after that? <laughs> no, no that, that's all I want. Some, some stuff will yeah, so some stuff will remain between us. That that's, that's all. I, I just wanted them to hear just those key points. And I just want you to be quiet. Right. But, Big Bro, I thank you once again for the Yeah, interview. man. I appreciate it, man, the opportunity to speak to uh, Some people don't realize that um, Big Bro has some allergies bothering them. Yeah. So, y'all so know how these allergies happen. But is there anything else you want to that's on your heart you want to say, that you want to express? Oh, anything? Man, I'm just, I'm proud of you, man. Just, I watch you, I study you, and you've been everything you said. So, keep up the good work. God got so many blessings for you if you don't give up. I, maybe, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Also, uh, tell people about Leslie Court, where they can find Leslie Court. Tell them about your church. Leslie Court is on the south side of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, 1412 East Canty. 
uh, right down the street from Bears Street, around a circle from Briscoe Elementary. We're there, we're doing the work, we're doing the ministry. And so you're looking for us, that's where we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining us for another. Yes, sir. Thank you all for joining us for another clergy conversation. Me and me, we're going to hang out for a quick minute afterwards. But you can like, comment, and share this conversation um, with on your Facebook page, on your news feed, even on your church page, because we pray and hope that this has been a blessing to you. <clears throat> Bless you and God keep you is our prayer.